Okay, Patrick, this is an exciting podcast because I feel like we're going to actually get some inside scoop on your life. Aren't they all exciting? Okay, I mean, yes, yes. But this one, this one's extra exciting. It is. Your daughter, Gabby, is on today and just got engaged over the weekend. She did. We're very excited. Gabby, I can't believe you are on this podcast. I have a million questions for you about your dad. Oh, good. I know it's my first podcast debut. Um. Okay. Well, first of all, you you got engaged. Was this a surprise? Yeah, I had no idea. I knew I'm kind of an annoying person, and we had hit like the three year mark, and I was kind of like, okay, like I'm ready. And he, Zach, um, very secretive guy, which is good. Um, for the engagement yeah, for and the- he really kept it a secret I had no idea I honestly thought he was going to propose the weekend before we went to a brewery with friends like outside at Lone Oak I like did my hair wore the cutest pink sweater was ready to go and then like nothing happened <laughs> so I was like oh okay well now it's not going to happen in October so then on Saturday I like had wet hair threw on a random black sweater and just was thought we were like going to get a beer with my parents. Very casual. So no, I had literally no idea. Oh God, isn't that the worst when you're so ready, right? And then it was total surprise. Oh my gosh, I had the cutest outfit on like two we weekends were, ago. What we were just talking about on Fox 5, right? Actually, our Insta poll right now is public uh, proposals. And what happens if the, the woman wants to say no? So I, I think Zach, in this case, knew she was going to say yes. So that oh, helped. I was 100% going to say yes. And he had always said, too, he was like, you get one one question. It's a yes or a no. And if it's a no, then that's it. <laughs> Call it a day. So. There won't be a repeat ask. That's it. No, no, no repeat ask. But wait a minute, so. Gabby. You said you think that your dad was actually more excited than you than you were. What? He, no, I was extremely excited. Like, it was unbelievable. I could not have asked for a better day. Like, this week just seemed so lame in comparison to what Saturday was. But he was acting a little strange. I think if you ask the group, he may have given it away the most if I had expected anything in terms of he was just being just super kind of weird in his right, chair. So I, I, need, I need to defend myself <laughs> oh, a little okay. here. So... Kristen and I knew, so Zach came over our house, let's say a month ago, give or take, asked, obviously, if it was okay. We said yes right away. Um, And he had a fantastic plan. So we go to this place, downtown Crown and Wine, usually on Friday nights, less so now through COVID, but um, everything's outside. And they, they list like 20, so Gabby and Zach are big craft brewery people like we are and he uh, you know there's 22 beer names up on the board and so they list a brewer and then the name of the beer and he came up with the idea to make the brewer gabby and the beer name will you marry me uh i know i was gonna say you got custom yeah. beers made yeah and the well so no kushwa i think comes out with that beer regularly i don't I mean, I don't think Zach had that made. It was definitely around the Friday before, because um, little shout no, out no, to no. So Kushwa K- K- produces a beer called She Said Yes. She said yes, and ah. there was a lot leading up. So Zach said his favorite part of the whole process was me finally putting the last like month and a half together, because 
I'm a relatively perceptive person. So I noticed every kind of weird thing just could never connect the dots like at all. So he came up with the most like absurd. I think my favorite one was, I don't know if you guys do this, but I have like a couple, um, like for example, Zach, um, on find my friends. So we have each other's location and he came up with this entire story about how my phone was broken, showing my location in Boston, kicking him off location. Um, oh and then my so, God. yeah, no, I, I was like, oh my, I spent an hour trying to figure out, find my friends. Why is my phone broken? Like one night, like he thought about every detail. So like, I wouldn't be looking at his like location being like, why is he at my parents' house? Oh my God. This is me. amazing. So, the planning. Well, the hardest, the hardest part for me Saturday was, you know, we, we had hired a photographer. So the photographer was hiding like in a corner so Zach's plan was we'd go have one beer. Then when Gabby was having the first beer, they would change the board to the proposal. And then, so it was number 20, which was her college soccer name he came up with. So he's like, I'll have a number 20. And I'm like, I'll have a number 20. And Kristen's like, I'll have a number 20. So Gabby goes in to order them and just is like, oh, I'll have 20. She doesn't even look at the board. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't want a number 20. So I just turned to the um, bartender who knows our family really well because we've been going forever. And I was like, oh, just three number 20s. And I was just looking at the left side of the board because those are the beers I usually like. Didn't even look at number 20 for probably like two to three minutes until I turned around and dad's sitting there videotaping. Zach's just standing up awkwardly outside. And then I realized, because what went through my head, the photographer was taking pictures and my first thought was, oh, my gosh, Downtown Crown must be doing, like, a mask-up marketing campaign. My God. So I literally even put two and two together for a solid, like, three and a half, four minutes. And then, so, Patrick, I hear you shed a tear. I, I What was this about a congratulations speech? So, so, obviously, after we went back to the house, there there were a few of Gabby's very close friends there who had come down from, from Boston and New York. COVID tested. All, all, all safe, but so I did a toast, and you know, listen, it was very, you know, it was a little emotional. So I don't know how I'm going to get through the actual wedding toast. We gotta, we gotta prepare for that. Um, no, we just so, love that you shed an actual tear. This is amazing. <laughs> it's well, like, actually, I was shedding a tear for Zach because it's going to be very <laughs> difficult. Uh huh. Uh huh. No. <laughs> uh, no, listen, he's a great, great guy, and. Um, so yeah, it was, very, it was a. I mean, it was a fantastic day. Uh, the weather was perfect. Um, so yeah, no. Okay, we're Gabby, I was going to ask you, but it sounds like you know your parents have a great relationship with Zach. I was going to say, are you worried about your dad as a father-in-law? But sounds like they're oh. Team Zach. Oh my gosh, the whole family loves him. My brother pulled me aside and was like, "I couldn't be happier for you. Literally love him." My mom was ecstatic, did a phenomenal job. I mean, the whole house was like out of a wedding magazine, decorated, um, popped the question, customized stickers on popcorn. <laughs> I know. This uh, is like, I can't imagine like, what the wedding's going to be. This is like. Oh, my gosh. I know. If we had as much fun as we did on Saturday, I feel like we set the bar so high. By the way, I will say I was all for Saturday being everything. The engagement, <laughs> oh. the shower, <laughs> and, the and the wedding. Like six people. Just, you know, inexpensive. Let's get it. I was oh, ready yeah, to bring right. a justice of the peace out and get it over with. I know. 
Oh, my God. Okay, now, Gabby, though, Patrick, really, we need to know what's the budget. Gabby, you got to go all in on your dad, okay? Because we don't even know your brother may never get married. This could be it for your parents. Milk him for all it's worth. Oh, please. Yeah, he he's easy to to break. Oh, good. (laughs) Patrick, get ready, because I'm telling you, it's easy to get to 40, 50, 60 grand. Sarah, you know my dad, please. He will. I think daddy's at 40 grand before we even... 40 grand you just did on the engagement. You guys got a big uh, way to go. Yeah, we're good to go. I know. Yeah. And Zach, he's, he's fantastic. I said, like, I, I'm a planner. And I was like, I honestly couldn't have planned it better myself. And he was like, that's a, that's a compliment coming, coming from you. So it was, yeah, it was literally so fantastic. And. Oh, no, your parents are going to go all out. I can't wait. I hope so, we get to Dad, follow the are, details. Yeah. So I, you know, it's interesting though, with COVID and, what all the you know most every wedding from 20 moving to 21 i think you guys are looking at 22 right yeah and we had said um like because we i mean this wasn't like a shock in terms of like getting engaged um around like now because we had talked about it obviously and we had decided that 2022 is probably just going to be the year regardless of COVID or not um so now that obviously COVID has pushed all the 2020 weddings into 2021 and even I feel like early 2021 weddings are at risk we're just automatically going to look to 22. oh my god it's gonna be great gives me more time to save (laughs) or gives me more time to plan and just buy things so oh you could look at it both ways I cannot wait to see the details and where you guys end up. Wait, no, wait a minute, Gabby, last question. Do you guys think you're getting married in the D.C. area? Are you going to New mm-hmm. Jersey? Where, okay, you're going to marry her. Okay. Yeah, so we'll keep okay. it. We'll keep the place a secret for now. But Zach, because he's unbelievable, about a month out, actually scheduled a venue walkthrough already for this week. So we're going Friday um, somewhere in the DMV area to look and hopefully lock in a date because he thought of literally everything. I love these guys. I mean, Dan actually planned so much of our wedding too. So I love that you've got a planner super. I know. How, how so I think he's it? hoping that I take over from here on out, but he did fantastic. What do you so. mean hoping you will take over from here? We'll take over. No, I said that I have like 51 majority stake and he can have like 49. He'll be a big stake. help though. Cause oh my God, there's so many details as you get close. Oh God. Transportation for people and hotels I and then know. people. How did you get engaged? I did not get engaged anywhere on that level. You know, cause we, we'd been together so long, like seven years. And so we had decided like November of 20. Um, 18, we were going to get married 2019. So we only had like six months to plan, right? So so Dan had waited and waited and waited. I got engaged at the Iwo Jima War Memorial. It was not romantic <laughs> at all. We were out for a jog and I think Dan was running out of time. It was in April and we were getting married in August. So basically we just paused at this tulip garden right next to the War Memorial and he just got down on one knee and asked me to marry him. And I'm like, this is... This is awesome, except could we have just, like, maybe gotten into Rosalind? Like, I mean... <laughs> just, like, ten more seconds of jogging. Here I am at a war memorial. Like, as lovely as this is, there's all these tourist people. It's... Uh, it was... But the wedding was awesome. So people still tell us it was oh, a great how, wedding. How was your wedding? It was a blast. Well, you know, it was and up I in know, Maine. Well, I don't know, because I wasn't invited, so... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't invite anybody from Fox 5. Yeah, I, I didn't. I um, we just kept it really small. Friends and family. I think there was like maybe 140. 100 was in, it in Maine? In Maine. Yep. yep. Oh, gosh. That's really small. 140. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> 
course. <laughs> okay. You guys will go all. Yeah, see, because we, I have a huge, I have 27 first cousins. So. Oh my gosh. Oh we, no. No. Kept it just like immediately close friends. Did you invite all of them? All the family. Yes, we we both. And Dan has a pretty big family. So they all came from Detroit. So it was mostly just family and then a few close friends. That was it. Nice. So, oh, yeah. No. But I all bet right. yours will be 250 or 300 people. Oh, my God. Ooh, I can't no. wait to see. See, no. we have we have a very small family and Zach has a very small family. So. Oh, so you we don't, don't even get... think it'll be 150. We don't get hit with the big family card. So. Oh, a lot, lot more oh, friends. And I think more friends. Yeah. Colleagues, friends. So under but 200. I don't know, though, because now, like, it just you keep adding people and then you feel I don't know. You It'll wait. Be, that'll... It, it, like, because once you start making lists, you think, oh, my God, then, then like a second cousin pops up. And you're like, should we invite them? Should we not? Yeah. Oh, it's, but it was worth it. We went all out, like open bar all night. And then the place at the end was like, your crew actually drank us dry. We have nothing left. (laughs) We have nothing left. We have to shut you down at 10. That was Oh yeah, that'll be us considering we ran out of alcohol on Saturday just with like (laughs) our like nine closest friends. So dad will have to pony up for extra open bar get that amx going patrick it's gonna be a good yeah, way well, you know 2022 is gonna be a tough year with taxes going up with joe mr joe biden and everything oh well we may have to keep this it is when I, this is when i leave you <laughs> transitioning topics <laughs> Well, your dad's going to be hit hard with taxes. But anyway, we're so excited. That was awesome to see. And uh, you got you. It's amazing. You got a good guy. If he can plan all that, because a lot of the men just kind of sit back and let you do it. So you got a good partner in crime. Oh, yeah. Plan it and kept it the most lockdown secret in the entire world. I mean, he is former Navy, so it makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. Organized guy. Oh, yeah. So he gets it. Can keep a secret. Minute, we, so. we kept a good secret also. Oh, yeah. I will, I will say the hardest part. So Zach asked. My wife and I to hold the ring so Gab couldn't find it oh, in the God. house. Do you know how hard it was to like not look at it? You yeah, looked at it. No you hundred percent looked at it. I did not look <laughs> at it at all. You don't at all. I would have looked at it hundred percent. Yeah, no, it's a gorgeous ring. Right. You want to be the first person to see it. That's true. No, it's a gorgeous ring. He did amazing. It's couldn't have asked for a more perfect day. Would relive it over and over again. So, oh my god, grateful for everyone involved friends, family, Zach, downtown crown, coal fire supplied the food. Little shout out there, everybody was so, in on it. Yes, well, we I know. Paid for the food. Well, you paid for it, but they supplied it. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't cook the coal fire. I mean, don't make it sound like we got it free. You know what I mean? Get, get in trouble here. <laughs> no, no, no. Paid in full. Paid in full. Um, <laughs> Gabby, in full. well, thanks for taking the time to be on um, this podcast. That was awesome. It, it, Thank it's so you exciting. so much. Bye, Gab. Bye. Bye, Gabby. Thank you. You got it. You got it. Oh, my God, Patrick. Well, that will be so cool. Now, Patrick, I feel like you almost need to start a father-in-law blog so we can follow along with all these details. I need to start a GoFundMe page. That's what I need to do. <laughs> you, oh, I can't wait. What a good year. I mean, you paying 40% in taxes and putting on a wedding in 2022. It's going to be a, what a great uh, year to follow, I, I, Patrick. I think I'm going to have it at the new Fox 5 location. <laughs> <laughs> your daughter of that um so look i'll have it i'll have it right in the conference room <laughs> not a chance um all right uh, that was that was awesome right. and congratulations well, th- thanks for uh, having her on 
Well, that was so fun. It was really cool to see that pop up on your on your social over the weekend. So yeah, where do you want to start, though? You know, Amy Coney Barrett uh, obviously confirmed last night, got yeah, through. So, listen, we're, we're in for a crazy eight days. I mean, last night, uh, Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed 5248, uh, pretty much along party lines. The only Republican senator who's fighting for her life from your home state of Maine. I was going to say, my girl voted no. Collins voted against, which I still don't understand, but. um, Don't you think that was a last minute ditch effort? I think, well, listen, they knew they had the votes. I do too. They allowed her to vote no. So, so it can't be used or against her in the last seven days. There you go. I think so too. Uh, So a few things real quick. Uh, I think Amy Coney Barrett is an exceptionally qualified justice, associate justice. Uh, it bothers me. And again, this is both sides of the aisle. I, I hate that we're in a place in this country right now, politically, that the court has become politicized, that you have a qualified female associate justice nominee I mean, she's a stellar candidate, and yet 48 Democrats voted against her, all in block. That is sad. And, you know, put everything else aside, this this woman, who has seven children, I believe, would have received probably 80 votes 15 years ago. Okay. We're in a sad place right now. And you and we could poo-poo it all we want. Do you think though, okay, because other you know other candidates for the Supreme Court have been nominated not so close to an election. Do you think that's really true 15 years ago if we were again at this same time frame close to an election? Don't you think it would be political Here's then? what I think. I think multiple things again. I've always said this should be true and can be true. The fact that McConnell allowed it to go through is hypocritical i've said that before he could hide behind the fact that when the president and the senate majority are the same party it's happened i believe 19 times 20 times ish and they've all been confirmed mcconnell's basis for not allowing merrick garland up was that a democratic president was nominating a a justice in an election year when the Senate had just been become Republican. So separate parties had never been done in a hundred in the last 110 years. Okay. We could argue if that's hypocritical or not. Right. But at the end of the day, the Republicans followed the constitution. President Trump nominated her. The Senate's job is to advise and consent. They knew she was going to be nominated, yet all 48 Democrats voted no. I think it's shameful. I just do. And I think the Republicans would have did the same thing if it was the other way around. And I think it's also shameful. I think it's shameful that they're talking about packing the court. Because when you are when you come out and say we're going to pack the court, what you're saying is that there are liberal justices who will vote your way, guaranteed, and there's conservative justices. Now, I mean, you look at the court, there's three or four clear conservatives, at least three who pretty much vote in block. Mm -hmm. All four Dems 
well, now three, you know, obviously with uh, Ruth uh, Ginsburg having passed, the Dems almost always vote in block on the court. And there's a philosophical difference. You know, the, the liberal justices seem to believe, or that certainly I think the Democratic Party seems to believe, that you should be able to at least legislate or set directive policy from the bench. The originalists or the so-called textualists believe follow the Constitution. And I think there's a, probably a middle ground because certainly we've evolved as a society. And I think, but it's Congress's job to set legislation in this country. It's the judicial side of things to then um, <clears throat> make, make, make judicial decisions based on the laws and the legislation that Congress has passed. The problem is in the last eight years, 10 years, 20, Congress isn't doing their job. So they're relying on the courts to do their job for them. And that's sad. That's a sad place we're in. She's ultimately qualified. I hope they don't pack the court. I hope Biden is mm. moderate enough to realize that would be a big mistake. Things come and go. Things cycle through. Um, I think we'll be in a really bad place if they add four Democratic or liberal, I should say, associate justices. So then the Democrats, uh, liberals have the majority on the court and it, it, it'll just be a cycle of. It will be it would be fascinating, right? Because if they make if the Dems decide to go all in on some really big um, things being packing the court or health care, you know, I don't know. Does it come back to bite them in four years? Uh, what is it, the ripple it, effect? It, it'll, it'll cycle around. But, but maybe he I, won't, you know. You know, I'll, I'll just say this. Um, um, my, how can I say this? I feel so like when I hear Demo you know, you know, uh, liberal pundits or, or Democrats talk about um, the electoral college, right? Oh, it should be the popular. Well, no, it shouldn't be, right? It was set up this way so states have fair representation. It's based on congressional districts. And then they talk about, well, the Senate, even though the Republicans have the majority, the Democratic senators in the states they represent represent more people than the Republican senators. Well, that's not how it was set up. The House represents based on a population. The Senate gives equal rights to the states. Okay, that's how we it's a 250 year old system that now we're trying to change all these rules because we don't like the outcome. Well, right? but times have significantly changed, well, but not on that level. If you just go popular vote, six states will elect your president every four years and you'll give states like Maine, where you came from, will have no say in anything. Delaware, no say. That's not how it shouldn't be based on where you live geographically, how much say you have. And by the way, that's what the House does. 538 congressional districts. Right, right. California has the most. Why? Population. population. Right, right. So enough of this, like, craziness. I, like, it's just... And by the way, there's craziness on both sides. Yeah, uh, right, right. Well, okay, and, and let's talk about... Um... And, and by the way, listen, we talk about Trump treating crazy things, and he has set the bar very low or very high, depending on how you want to <laughs> look at it, 
what he will say and who he will criticize with his tweets. Okay. I don't. So Kamala Harris tweeted last night that Amy Coney Barrett or the process, I, you know, depending on how you took the tweet. Okay. Is illegitimate. Here's a woman who is probably going to be the next vice president and maybe potentially the president. I don't think she should be stooping as low to say that Amy Coney Barrett is illegitimate. I just don't think so. I think that's beneath her. Uh, so I, I didn't like that tweet from her last night. Um, you know, I think she should have been above that calling her Ill, an illegitimate or the now you want to call the process illegitimate based on the fact that Merrick Garland was held out. That's fine. I, you know, I could, I could, you know, I could agree with that. There, I anyway. mean, I think in some ways, you know, she maybe Kamala more than Joe Biden obviously takes a page out of Trump's book, which is like discredit, discredit, you know, the person or the institution or whatever. Um, okay. Where do you, but you yeah, know, she, I, I, I think she's had a tough week and a half personally. Kamala? I think she, I think she lost a debate. I think she, her interview with Nora O'Donnell was terrible. It was she bad. laughed at the socialist question. Oh, it was she, cringy. She tends to laugh every time she doesn't want to answer something. You know, she, she said, Mike Pence said I was a socialist. No, nope. you're, you know, according to a, a, a nonpartisan uh, committee, you're ranked as the most liberal senator. She looked awkward. I um, actually agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, I, agree. I, I don't she, want no. to agree with you, but it's like, damn, that 60 Minutes interview was so uh, almost juvenile like, you know, um, in her well, delivery. Listen, she, she, she has she has great credentials. She's super smart. But you could also see why she didn't she didn't move forward yeah, in the primary. I know she comes across very awkward at times and and. Uh, it's what it's, I respect so much about Elizabeth Warren. What I like about Elizabeth Warren is, uh, you know, smart as can be, you know, very serious, sticks to the issues. You know, I think Elizabeth Warren does a great job of throwing it back on Trump the whole time. And Kamala, I, I agree with you. That 60 Minutes interview was very difficult uh, with President Trump, you know, with him sitting down with Leslie Stahl. I, you know, it's I don't think you ever get clear answers out of Trump ever, period. But Listen, I don't so, think I am so I and I've said this, I'm so tired of him. Yeah, I agree. We've talked about this a lot. There's no doubt in this country right now that many journalists have moved to become partisan or were always partisan. Now it's just become apparent. Yeah. And it's clear that a majority of the media in this country want Biden to win really bad. And in some cases, it's sad that you could see that from individuals okay well i also think, think you, i just want to sorry to interrupt you but i do want to, i think you make a good point and i want to add to that i think you have a lot of commentators now that want to become stars yeah. that so yeah. they know by taking an extreme even if it doesn't work out they can then write books they can go on speaking tours yeah, i also think I that think they use what that. we've seen during the trump four years is that journalists writing stories based on what they want to believe or want to be true or hope to be true than what the facts really are. Having said all that, though, I am so tired. He's the president of the United States. Yep. And you know, this is going to sound like, but man up, answer her questions. If you have the record you say you do, you should be able to swat away anything she says. 
you should be able to be on point, factual, and defend yourself. Like, stop. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they are against you a little bit. Maybe Leslie Stahl is a, you know, doesn't want you to win. But you know what? She's been doing this for forty years. Um, you're the president. You're a smart guy. You say you are. You're yeah. a businessman. You're the president. You mean to tell me you can't defend yourself against Leslie Stahl or or be on point and factual? And, and just answer some Enough. of the questions. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. I, I think the big losers of that those that interview was President Trump and Kamala. You know, I thought Joe looked great. And I thought, you know, Mike Pence, what, whether you like him or not, you know, he he comes across as making a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, those oh, two, what, I think, the, you know, whether he's telling the truth or not, Pence certainly comes across more believable. Yes, I I agree. I agree. I, he does come across more believable, although I don't believe a lot that he says. However, but, <laughs> you know, what did you think? You know, obviously the debates were last week, which seems like year light years away. But where do you think we're at? I thought Trump had a very good debate. I think Joe did enough again to be OK. Um, you know, I don't this. I may be wrong. I don't believe there is this. Seven percent hidden Trump voter in all these swing states. I think it's just too tight of a path that based on the polls right now for Trump. I I think um, I think Trump's going to lose, and and, and I, I I think he could lose big, assuming that there's not a four or five percent hidden Trump voter now. Again, we talked about it last week. Some of the signs, if you're looking for a silver lining, if you're Trump, there was a Pennsylvania poll that came out yesterday that had Biden only up two. There was a Wisconsin poll that only had Biden up three. Uh, there was multiple polls last week that had uh, Trump now up in Florida and North Carolina. So, you know, there is a path. Trump could eke out Florida, eke out North Carolina, win Ohio. And win Arizona, and uh, and he has to win Iowa with that scenario, and he's the president again. I mean, assuming there's not an upset in Texas or Georgia, right. or right. I mean, obviously, if there's if he loses Texas, he's getting, you know, Biden will have four hundred plus uh, uh, electoral votes. Right. So, I, I don't think it's going to be a good night for Trump. I don't think it's going to be a good night for the Republican senators. I think you know. I, it's, I think it's going to be a, a, one of those years where then, you know, it's going to be a reset and the Dems will have a chance to govern and we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do with it. We'll see if we enter recession, see if the tax increases are, are truly only those above 400. We'll see what it does to jobs. We'll see what the stock market does. Uh, and then, you know, I think, um, I don't know. Well, last- I, I will say this. If Trump somehow wins... Two things I think will happen. Okay. I'll, there will be no more polling ever in this country. Politi- okay. The political polling companies will literally I think they'll go out keep of it going. Okay. Okay. And I think the Democratic Party will just absolutely implode. 
they like, would yeah they'd have to start from square 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 one yeah yeah because everything that they're predicting and reading and and yeah that would be that would be a crazy upset um but i, I want to ask you one more thing before we move on to local and sports yeah. and some quick pop culture um you have a lot of cities including our own here in dc already boarding up businesses in anticipation of mayhem next week what are your thoughts like do you think even if um joe Biden gets elected we will have people in the streets you're seeing it rodeo drive in california you're seeing it nationwide a, a lot of businesses very concerned about looting and cities gearing up even national guard being called up again what do you think it- i i think that you have to do your due diligence and be yeah. smart and protect i mean we've had i know for our own coverage we've had we've hired security a long time ago for the entire week you know from you know days preceding the election and then the week following the election for your journalists for our journalists for reporters that are out for the station itself uh i think it depends i you know i'm hopeful if it's a biden blowout i don't think you'll see the protests i think you'll see more of a celebratory situation protest um and no one will say anything because about COVID because Biden will win and they'll be just jumping around in cities and everyone will be fine. And then they'll wonder why the, 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 the rates are going up. But listen, I think if it's a one state, two state, three state, counting votes days after, it's I think it's going to be very scary, and uh, which is unfortunate. So, uh, And then if Biden does win, Trump better do a, a, a you know a, a transition of power that we expect in this country. Yep. Or, or shame on him, and vice versa. Listen, if Biden loses, you know I hope it's you know I, I saw a quote from Joe Biden yesterday that again bothered me. He said, you know, this race isn't over. He can still win because he deli- he. Uh, delegitimizes the race and we like that's going back to 2016 see that's what we don't need right now like like you know if trump wins he wins like stop like you know it you know for three years the the democrats didn't want to accept the results from 2016 they still don't but if you lose again like stop listen trump's not doing anything with like this isn't a russia thing now or if trump wins he wins right like like just like stop um okay a couple of things that you tweeted out this week in regards to education and virtual learning so one being a montgomery county family that has said that they're sending their son they have to arizona to be in person because they've had it with montgomery county um you guys did a story on them and then the other one was really some disturbing facts from dc about how far kids are these are little guys kindergarten first graders are behind in reading so do you want i mean we talk every week about montgomery county they still refuse to open they still will not give a date even though they're being pressured by the state of maryland to reopen or set a date so i don't know that there's a lot to comment because they continue to do that um it's one of the most terrible things our area has ever done to, to kids right now uh so we have a poll up right now that 77 percent of teachers don't believe they should go back or don't want to go back oh okay um yet you know, there's many cities, many areas, many jurisdictions, many states that have safely reopened for teachers. We say this every week. The fact that Fairfax, Loudoun, Montgomery County, Prince George's County, and D.C. 
you know, one of the supposedly most affluent, educated areas in this country. Can't figure out how to get kids back two days a week, three days a week, whatever it is, is utterly shameful. It is, it is, I, to me, it is, it's, it's, I mean, it's almost criminal. I mean, I don't mean that legit, like literally criminal, but it's criminal. The fact that these kids potentially could be out over a year without going to in-person learning, without socialization, to, to think they won't have long-term consequences because of that. And it's, you know, I, I don't, I, I, it's, it's just a dereliction of leadership. It's over-governing. It's it's appeasement of unions. It's it's just terrible. It's it's and listen, I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have any kids of that age, but I I I I, I, I think it's shameful. I, I really mean, do. I'll be curious, I mean, if- and, I, and I don't say that lightly. I really think the fact that they can't figure it out is either political. They don't want to figure it out. Or they're they're appeasing you, you know, teacher unions. Um, you know, at some point, you need to become an essential worker and get kids back to school. Be interesting to see after the election next week. You know, do does suddenly Montgomery County open up? I, I'm not sure that they will. I think that they're going to keep this for. I think they're going to keep I, this till there's a vaccine. I don't know about that. I, I just. You know, I'm tired of hearing, oh, we're following the science and then they don't tell you what the science is or they don't tell you the specific metrics to reopen. Uh, I just think it's been a very it's it's been a it's been a dereliction of of leadership in in many jurisdictions in our area and an area, by the way, that you would think would be leading. But they're not. Well, they anyway. certainly seem like they have the resources. Now, Joe Biden says if he's elected, you know, he will invest, I don't know how much it is, $2 billion or something, in testing for schools to get them back reopened. So we'll we'll see. You know, he says there he has a plan. Gab- there goes Gabby's wedding. Getting <laughs> your taxes. Uh, okay, some pop culture stuff really quickly. Maureen yeah. Ume, of course, of Fox 5, put out a tweet. I thought this was interesting. Is it tacky and awful to use a gift card at a restaurant during the pandemic when so many restaurants are closing? What are your thoughts on that i was like oh that's a good question i actually responded on the uh, to her on the tree and i you know no i i I think it's okay well it it actually was a great topic from her i liked it too it ended up on like it or not so i think my take is if the coupon was put out prior to covid maybe not use it or if you want to use it if that's yeah, you because know, listen, somebody using a coupon also could be either out of work or financially, maybe things aren't perfect. Then maybe over tip or yeah. buy, you know, also buy maybe two meals to go for or for leftovers for the next day. Um, certainly, if it was put out during COVID, they want you to use it so you can go in. Uh, so I no, I don't think it's tacky at all. I think, I mean, if it was a coupon they put out in January and you walk in with it in April or May, or June, or July. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But. What if it's about to expire? What if I got it in January, but now it's about to expire? Should I? <laughs> I'm just I think you use it. <laughs> and, and over and, tip. I like that. And, and, and maybe, maybe over tip. buy. Like, you know, buy, buy two extra meals to go. 
Um, okay, what did you think about, and then we'll talk some sports real quick. What did you think about Sarah Silverman, the comedian, essentially saying, you know, really kind of coming after these liberal progressives and saying that this whole um, cancel culture victims should be offered a path to redemption and that this whole cancel culture is absolutely BS unless you are going to offer people a way to learn from it. And and she cites herself. She did blackface, lost an acting yeah. gig. She also talks about a friend who became, you know, involved in a neo-Nazi and did a whole story on that. So what do you, what did you think? I thought that was, you know, you don't usually see a lot of Hollywood people speak out, but they well, certainly are starting. Seeing, I, well, I think you're seeing comedians speak out a lot. Because yeah. I think comedians, listen, they make their livelihood m- making people laugh. And honestly, telling jokes about a wide range of stereotypes, individuals, religions, families, cultures. That's what they do. We actually were did a story on Like It or Not last night. Not a story, but they were, one of the topics was the SNL skit with uh, Adele over the weekend mm-hmm. kind of made fun of um, African men. You know, but it was, it was based on some show about or story that – a lot of white women are traveling to African nations to meet African men. And I don't know. Anyway, it, it was, it was funny. Uh, it was a, it was a comedy skit, but they got killed because of it. Mm-hmm. Cause they were saying it fed into stereotypes and Guy Lambert, uh, uh you know, from, from who's always, uh, who frequents are like, and I was like, no, it, it's comedy. Yeah. Right. So, I agree with Sarah Silverman. I I think um, listen. I think there should be a path redemption for for many. Yeah, sure. I, for some though, the Harvey Weinstein's of the world. And listen, I mean, there, I don't. There, there should be no redemption for people like that. Right. 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 Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, but in terms of just making a mistake, you know, 10, 20 years ago, or you know, you know, you know. Yeah, I, I, you know, listen, people make mistakes. Uh, yeah, when it comes to comedy, I mean, people, people are going to put themselves learn. out there. People, yeah. yeah times, I, change, I, times change, you know, and, and no, I think you're right. And then, yeah, the Harvey Weinsteins are like a whole other element. Yeah, I mean, listen, there, there's, you know, I don't think she's referring to those people. I think she's talking about people who maybe did, you know, uh, 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 you know, well, you I'm know, actually- Fallon has been canceled because of blackface. Jimmy Kimmel, you know, now there was uh, Jimmy Kimmel said he took two months off because that was in his contract. But a lot of people felt he had done, you know, blackface back in the day that had all. So and she's saying people are digging up tweets. We've seen this with directors that they might they might make like a sex joke or pedophile joke from 10 years ago. People are using that against them, that they are getting canceled from films. I, um, I think I think comedians I think comedians, if it's true comedy, um, and by the way, whether you find it funny or not doesn't mean it's still comedy, right? So um, I think comedians, and you've heard Jerry Seinfeld say this, that you know he stopped doing on-campus uh, concerts before COVID because you know the, a lot of these you know kids on on college campuses would protest would. Oh my God, that's offensive. Well, you and I've talked about too, about actors. It's almost like now you have to have the person who fits the actual character in real, like, 
Yeah, are- you see it all the time. Yeah, you yeah. see it all the time. Yeah. Oh, there's so much we could say about that, because I think she I think what's fascinating, too, is she's saying, look, if you keep if these progressives keep pushing people, they are going to go to the dark side and you're basically going to create the opposite effect, probably turning people almost more anti, you know, progression. So, um, all right, let's talk sports. You know, football yeah. continues. Obviously, we're in the World Series. What are you thinking of sport? How do you think NFL seems to be going on, you know? Making it work. Yeah, so, I mean, certainly from a, from a Fox standpoint, you know, the NFL is doing relatively well. There's been a few games that have, you know, they've had to be moved around, but they're getting through it. Baseball is, you know, could end tonight. You know, yep. it's been a great, it's been a very exciting World Series. It's just shame there's very few fans there or no fans there. Um but I applaud them for getting through a season and getting to the end. The NBA did a fantastic job, uh, kind of staying in the bubble. Uh, but it's not the same, right? You know, it's it isn't, just not, it isn't, not yeah. having fans or, or, or a lot of fans, uh, especially on the college level. Um, but the fact that we have sports, people are participating, um, I think it's great. And certainly I think the NFL now through week seven, you know, you know, in a couple of weeks, they're going to be on the back half of the year already. I mean, we're almost in November. Right. So right. very exciting on, on that front. And um, it's, the big 10 came back this weekend. The Washington football team won a game there. So now, by the way, the NFC East, we've talked about the Eagles are in first place at two, four and one. So, I mean, you could have a team that makes the playoffs with six or seven wins. Yeah. Maybe less, which would be insane, by the way. <laughs> um, but back real quick, I just want to circle back to one thing. In addition to, I think, kids having to get back to school, I think the fact that a county like Montgomery County also hasn't figured out how to allow kids to play high school sports mm-hmm. is, is just terrible. And we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. But a lot of these kids get recruited for colleges out of football, you know, through through high school sports, especially football, because they don't have the youth sports. And I think it's just it's you're going to have kids who aren't going to get into colleges or certainly colleges that they might otherwise have had a chance to get into because they're not playing. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Well, the, it, it absolutely is a shame. The Post, and I think you retweeted it, did a great article about just the r- rivalries and even just the the morale, you know, of how bad it is because these rivalries can't even take place, you know, that kind of yeah. builds yeah, school spirit. Um, you know, and then you see in Connecticut, they're trying to do these like independent leagues to kind of get kids playing. Um, but it is, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing, um, really. Wow. And, and it's actually kind of shocking there hasn't been more of a revolt, I think, in Montgomery County and Fairfax. Some of these that, that you do see these small pockets of parents speaking up, but it's um, it's fascinating you don't have more of a big revolt. But maybe it's like we talked about. There's a lot of wealthy people that are just hiring tutors for their kids well, and not well, making no, a big deal I, about it. I think, I think there hasn't been because, as I said, I think the soccers, you know, the yep. softballs, the volleyballs, the basketballs, the youth, the youth sports is still going on. The club sports, I should say. Yeah. Really, football is the main sport that's obviously not taking place that kids get recruited for college out of high school football. Yeah. They don't get recruited out of soccer, 
volleyball at a high school. They're, it's all the club teams. It's the youth club teams. So uh, I just I think it's shameful the way they've handled it. Um, yeah, it almost seems like they're not trying to figure it out. That's what I think bothers me the most, right? I agree. Like, I think you're right. I think you're like right. If they, if they had opened up or said, hey, we're going to have the kids go back two days a week, and then, God forbid, there was some outbreak or, like, okay, shut it down. But they're, they're not even trying. They're well, even and, trying. Uh, look, as a woman, you know, you read these stories, how many women are giving up their careers because they cannot, you know, try to manage a full-time career and be at home. I mean, I'm shocked more women haven't, you know, stood up and said, this isn't, you know, this isn't right. I can't balance. And they're saying that this could have a real huge impact on women for years to come in the workplace, yeah. setting us back. And that's a scary, you know, women have fought so hard to get here. It's like, that's a scary thought that this is, that's what this is doing to women in the workplace, so but it's hard enough for us to become a This is our final show before the election. Yes. We're going to do Wednesday, okay. post-election. Okay, cool. Assuming we have a result. Okay. Uh, so what's your prediction? Does Susan Collins win or lose? I do think, you know, just from being up there recently in Maine, I think Susan, I think Susan gets it by a hair. I really do. I, I do. I think she stays you think, in. You think Biden wins or Trump? I think Biden wins. I really do. Um, even though people, I think, are not wild about him and Kamala, really, I do think they're ready for some calm. So I do. I'm hoping it's going to be way less dramatic, but I'm too mentally prepared for, you know, Trump and them to say that it's, there's been election issues. We can't decide. But I, I think it's going to be pretty obvious, I think, on election night. That's yeah, my prediction. I, I agree. With, you know, you know more about the Susan Collins than I do. I I do think the Democrats take the Senate 51-49. I think Biden rolls up about 340 electoral votes, maybe more. Um, yeah, I think we're headed for a all all Democratic Party. Uh, um, Trump should start the Trump network. Sashay on to that, uh, you know, talk about how he was robbed or he ended up, you know, conceding because the Democrats I actually are think he knows he's going to lose. He said something last night in his rally that was oh. pretty interesting. He said, you know, and he, again, he he talks a lot of stuff when he's at a rally. He goes all over the place. Sure. But he said something to the effect, you know, I there were some big pickup trucks, you know, behind the rally. And he pointed to them and he said, you know, can I can I get a ride in one of those pickup trucks? Can I just maybe take me away from this? I want to get the hell out of here. Maybe never come back or something like I don't need like it was almost like maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it was almost like I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Patrick, next week is going to be super exciting. So yeah. uh, where can people follow you? Patrick GM Fox 5 DC. Awesome. We'll be back next week. All right, Sarah. Thank you.